Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from Him today. So please enjoy. Divine interruptions. Uh, so are you ready for the Word? And uh, as, as we pre- purpose to go or prepare to go into this, I want to uh, direct your attention to First Peter chapter 1, and we'll be looking at verses 3 and 4. Uh, we sung that song today about the promises of God, and God is faithful uh, to fulfill his promises in our lives. And we have a, a book of promises here that relate to every circumstance or situation or dilemma that we may encounter in this life. There's a promise written just for you that you can receive God's answer in your situation. So uh, in First Peter, again, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, let's look at this from the English Standard Version. It says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Now, there's so much that's packed into this particular passage, but realize understanding his promises will equip you to respond appropriately to the interruptions of life, okay? And so I just wanted to share that with you. This year, we actually, uh, the focus theme is the promises of God, and and we serve a God who fulfills his promises. And so we need to take them seriously and and consider them in our lives Uh, because there's so many times there's a promise that is not claimed. There's a promise that has not been received But God delights in the reality of you embracing the promises of God that he's given and made available so that we can escape the corruption that's around us. The promises of God are designed to help you navigate through life so you can escape the corruption that's in this world. Let's take a moment and pray. Let's join our faith together. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the opportunity to minister your word. And and as we look to you, we thank you for the ministry of the Spirit of God that gives us understanding of truth, that gives us the ability to comprehend what you're saying to us. Thank you for this body of believers, Lord, that you bring victory in the areas of challenge in our lives. We pray, Father, for this nation, for the areas of our country that have been affected by natural disasters. We just ask, Father, for your hand of anointing and peace, Father, upon those who lead, upon those who serve, and upon our lives here today, in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement says, amen. Amen. Well, um, I'm excited. I just want to give you a little update. Um, We are in the process of uh, expanding the ministry outreach of refuge to Wisconsin Rapids, and uh, we, uh, uh, pastors Dave and Ruth Mickelson, after 23 years of ministry, are resigning 
and they're releasing their church and their ministry to us here at Refuge. And so we'll begin to walk through a time of, of actually relaunch. And the target date is, is January 22nd of 2023, where we will relaunch as an official campus of Refuge. So we're excited about that. So, and if you want to be part of that, uh, there's opportunity for you. And this is really exciting to see what God is doing. And I think so many times uh, God presents an opportunity that we could pass by. But I believe God is giving us opportunities to expand his kingdom in the earth. And so we need to be responsive to that. Would, would you agree? And so I'm excited about this, and, and I know that God's hand is all over it, and, and so we're excited to see what he's going to do. So uh, divine interruptions, and, and today we're going to actually, uh, as we get into this message, we're going to look at the woman at the well and that whole narrative there. But again, as I shared last week, no one likes to be interrupted. Have you been interrupted lately? Okay, it's not always a pleasant thing. Why? Because we have our plans, we have our lists, we have our agendas. Uh, there's things that we want to do, there's things we need to do that need to get done. And sometimes right in the middle of an ordinary day, plans can quickly change because of unexpected interruptions, okay? Now, any time that God changes our plans and interrupts our schedule is what I call a divine interruption. And so sometimes God's hand is in this. Now, last week we determined that not every interruption is actually uh, divine uh, because it may be from the enemy. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Uh, yet God can work it together for our good because we love him, and are called according to his purpose. We see that in Romans 8.28. For those who love God, um, that he works all things together for our good. Because we're called according to his purpose. When we respond to his call, when we truly, sincerely love him, he'll take the interruption and he'll work it for our good. Um, even though interruptions are unexpected and may catch us off guard, realize they don't catch God off guard. He's not surprised by what happens to you, even though we might be surprised what happens to us. Uh, interruptions are not random, meaningless events, but in fact can be divinely placed in our path for a reason. And so in this series, we're actually processing um, to embrace another view of interruptions, okay? So that we don't uh, view them uh, as we did before, but that we begin to view an interruption with a different mindset. Uh, so with that said, let me just ask this question. Are you willing to change your mindset and embrace God's perspective on issues? Are you? You should. You really should. Um, because if you're not willing to change your perspective, you may be stuck in a rut and, and be limited in, in how you navigate through life. Isaiah 55, 8. Let's look at that. Uh, the scripture here reads, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. Now, realize that in this particular passage, God is speaking to the wicked, the unbelieving, those that are not sold out 
for God. But the truth is, we don't think like God thinks, and he doesn't think like we think. Would you agree with that? Um, but when you begin to embrace his thoughts, and you begin to think his thoughts, then your perspective and outlook will change. I can promise you that, okay? In fact, um, God has a different perspective than what the world has for you. And whether you realize it or not, your mind is the control tower of your life, okay? Uh, airports have these control towers where they navigate the uh, air flight, the planes taking off and landing. But your mind is the control tower of your life. All of our decisions are made in our mind, okay? Uh, whether, uh, in fact, wherever we are uh, today is a result of what we've been thinking. Okay, I love 1 Corinthians 2.16. It says we have the mind of Christ. Uh, the issue is uh, many Christians aren't using the mind of Christ. When God's given us his mind, we have the opportunity to embrace and operate and function with the mind of Christ. That's the scripture. What the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.16. And also we see in Proverbs 27.3, that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Very seldom will a person rise above their thought life because thoughts propel you to your future and have great power to determine direction and directives uh, in our life. Um, many people are where they are at today because of wrong thinking. Our minds, however, need to be renewed and transformed by the Word of God. We see that in Romans 12, too. That the transformation of our mind is, is, occurs when we renew our thinking to God's Word. Okay? And ask yourself this question. What is it that determines the way I think? What is it that determines the way I think? Is it the Word of God? Or is it from some other source, okay? Um, whatever you listen to, understand, has the potential to program your mind. So what is programming your mind? I hope it's not Netflix. I hope it's not some other things that may, not, that may actually steer you away from the truth of the word. And so I, I want to share this passage. You can turn there with me if you would. Uh, it's in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. It says, and this is actually written to believers, those who are believers in Christ, Christians. It says, if you then have been raised with Christ, and that is in reference to Christ followers, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Notice verse 2. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on this earth. So we have to establish the proper mindset. And we need to establish it upon the word of God in what is written. When Jesus overcame temptation, when he was tempted by the devil in Matthew 4, he didn't tell the devil, don't you know who I am? I'm Jesus. I'm the son of God. No, Jesus said, it is written. And every time he was tempted, he spoke the written word to Satan and defeated him through the word of God. 
And that's an example set for all of us. We defeat our enemy when we speak the word of God. And, and you need to think and speak, right? Because what you say it comes after what you speak. Your thoughts precede what you speak, okay? So you think it, and then you speak it. So that's why our minds need to be renewed, and we need to begin to think these things out. So uh, I said all this because I want you to change how you perceive and what you think about interruptions and to begin to see them as opportunities. So and how do we define interruption? An interruption is something that causes a stop in action. It's a time interval of during when there is a cessation or delay of something, okay? A delay in traffic, for example, is an interruption. And a delay which presents an issue in your travel plans, you know? So we're not going to get there when we thought we were going to get there. So there's been an interruption. Um, but know that delay is not denial. Just because you've experienced a delay, that doesn't mean you denied the goal of what you're believing for and what you're achieving in life. Uh, so uh, things don't always go as planned because your plans may be interrupted. Now, there's three things that we've learned about interruptions and uh, this is for the sake of review, so I'll give these to you if you weren't here last week. But first of all, number one, interruptions come at unexpected moments. Interruptions come at unexpected moments. You never know when it's going to happen. Uh, interruptions, number two, are unplanned and unpredictable. And so you can't necessarily plan for them Maybe you can be prepared for them. If it's a flat tire, you can have a spare, right? Uh, they're unpredictable. And then number three, this is the most important one. There is an opportunity in every interruption. There's an opportunity in every interruption. You know, I was, I was talking to somebody one time, and they were saying, you know, I, I get all these bills. And, and, and he said, I, I've noticed that the bills, when they come in the mail, they have a little window. And you can actually see your address in there. And uh, they said, but I've, I've determined in my heart, instead of looking at these with dread, oh, more bills, to look at it as windows of opportunity. This is a window of opportunity for God to provide and supply my need because he's promised that in his word. And so, again, your outlook uh, determines where you go in life. And, and sometimes our outlook may be defeated. But God wants to change that narrative where your life is concerned. Now, what about divine interruptions? Last week I shared about divine interruptions from the standpoint of ministering to others. Um, you know, I serve as a police chaplain for the county, and I'm on call. I serve on a rotation basis with other ministers in this community. And when I'm on call... I have this ready mindset that at any time, I could be interrupted in my daily routine. I could get a call from dispatch, and they say, you, your assistance is needed. They'll give me the address. They'll give me the information I need to know so they can show up and be there ready to serve as a chaplain. 
to whoever is needing. I, people I've never met, maybe, uh, and you know that I don't know, but I'm ready in position to be interrupted so that I can serve. And uh, interruptions are unexpected moments, unpredictable situations, and unplanned opportunities. But again, we need to see this as opportunity. Uh, and I shared last week the story about the Good Samaritan who was interrupted on his journey to help a man on the road to Jericho who had been robbed, beaten, and left half dead. So that was an opportunity for the Good Samaritan to minister and to offer aid and assistance to this person. And we determined that Jesus is the Good Samaritan. And he's the one we love. And, and he came down that road one day to save you in your condition when you were lost in, in need of a Savior. Now, it's one thing to be interrupted on your journey to help someone but what about when Jesus interrupts you? As when Jesus interrupted the woman at the well. So, uh, who, by the way, was also a Samaritan, which is interesting with this narrative. I think sometimes Jesus uh, used uh, these opportunities to really deal with, with the prejudice of the Jewish people because they despised Samaritans because they were considered half-breeds. They were considered as those that really had no inheritance or partnership in the things of God. And so they were not liked by the Jews in Jesus' time. Um, so today, I want to talk about and share about divine interruptions from the standpoint of Jesus interrupting you. Now, um, and I'm going to share a story about my wife. This was... Uh, Right at the beginning of COVID, when there was initial lockdown here um, in our nation. And uh, so our daughter, Mackenzie, our youngest daughter, at that time was in Sydney, Australia, attending Hillsong College. And at 3 a.m. in the morning, Jesus interrupted my wife. And she had already stayed up late, so she was, I think it was, she probably went to bed after midnight, and so she's awakened by the Lord at 3 a.m., and um, she was nice enough to let me sleep a little bit, but then she woke me up too, and I think, oh, okay, what's going on here? Um, but Mackenzie was on her heart at that time, and she just felt quickened by the Lord to check uh, flights, to see what was available, to find out what cost were there. And as she found out that information, and, and if, as a pastime, Deb likes to do tra make travel plans. So she, um, what do they call those people that do that? <laughs> travel agents, yeah. I, uh, she, she makes a good travel agent, so she does all that planning. Uh, so I, it's one less thing I have to worry about. But so she got flights, and I think she found one uh, that was would come into Houston. Uh, from overseas, and it was around $700, and, and that wasn't too bad. So she called Mackenzie. We got on the phone. By this time, I'm awake, and we're having this con uh, conversation with Mackenzie, and it's afternoon the next day over there. And so uh, and we just shared, we think we should probably bring you home. And she started crying, I don't want to leave. I, don't, I have all my friends here. I have to say goodbye. And we had a couple of opportunities to book flights, and we chose to do the earlier departure flight. 
And um, just as we were on the phone, she got an email from the school saying they were going all on, online. So they weren't, weren't going to be in-person classes. And so that to me was a confirmation, an answer, okay, and to Deb too. We decided, okay, you're coming home, kid, you know. <laughs> and so we booked that flight. Two days later, there was an announcement that all flights were being canceled in one of the countries that were listed was uh, Australia. And, it was the can- and that was like the 29th of April. And I'm thinking... That's when she's coming home on the 29th of April. But fortunately, um, in Australia, they're a day ahead. So she was on that plane on our 28th, and it was determined that that was actually the last flight, incoming flight from Australia into the United States. The last one. And I'll get this. Uh, When Deb booked that flight, it was around like 700, maybe 715. I think maybe she got an extra bag or something. Uh, <laughs> you have to pay for everything now for air travel. Um, by the end of that week, that same flight was $8,500. And there were 20 people flying standby for that flight. And it came in through Houston. If she would have came in at L.A., she would have been detained and held in quarantine for two weeks. And we would have had to figure all that out. But God made a way. Sometimes when Jesus wakes you up in the middle of the night, uh, don't just fight and go back to sleep. Uh, be like uh, Samuel and say, Lord, your servant is listening. And I believe that's a divine interruption that was able to bring our daughter home, where she would have been stuck in Australia. The school was online anyway. Just the cost, everything around that would have been a challenge. But God spared us all that. And talk about having our daughter home. We were so glad to have her back with us. And it turned out that uh, she was going online for a while, but all the Classes were in the middle of the night, didn't work with her schedule very well. And so she was able to restart her second year of college uh, in the, at the Phoenix campus here in the United States, which uh, is what she's graduating from this next week. And so Monday, uh, Pastor Deb and I will be uh, flying to uh, Phoenix. Uh, we'll be there for graduation. So we're going to spend um, a few days in the hot sun. You know, so anyway, so that's just one story. And I'll tell you a, a, another one a, a little bit later. And, and I think it's important that as a believer, you make a determination uh, to allow the Lord to interrupt you. Because, see, you've been bought with a price. You are his. Give Jesus permission to interrupt you, to interrupt your schedule. And, and let him uh, Change your schedule if need be. Um, and so and I think I'll tell this story too because um, this, at the time this was before I was married, I was living in, in southwestern Idaho in Mountain Home. And it was a Saturday night and uh, I had, for whatever reason, determined that I'm, I'm going to just really regard Sunday as a holy day. I'm not going to do any shopping. And so I had to get groceries, okay? 
Um, I, I don't. I don't believe that way now. I'll, if I need to get groceries on, on a Sunday, I will because I've got to feed the hungry children, right? Uh, at, at least when we were raising our kids, you had to feed the hungry children, you know, in our home. Um, so it's a Saturday evening, and, and this was a time I was young in the Lord, and I'd asked the Lord, Lord, I want to be your servant. I want to be an intercessor. And, and to, to be somebody that can stand in the gap if there's ever a need. And if you have a situation that needs prayer, Lord, here, I, bought, I kind of volunteered for that. And I didn't realize the Lord would take me up on it so soon. But uh, I was getting ready to go to the grocery store. It's a Saturday evening, probably about 6.30 in the evening. The store was going to be closing. And I felt this urge, or we could call it an unction, to stop what I'm doing and pray. I just felt the urgency to pray. And, and so I thought, well, I'm going to run to the grocery store first, Lord. <laughs> and so all the way to the grocery store, this urge is increasing. And I'm sensing, I got to go home and pray. I just need to stop what I'm doing and pray. So I actually got to the store, and it was getting even more and more intense. And I thought, well, I'll just grab a couple items. So I picked some things up in my arm, and I'm, I'm heading towards the cash register. And I, this actually happened. I heard a voice behind me, go home and pray now. I turned around, and nobody was there. You know, you know I don't know if that was an audible voice, but it was audible to me. I actually heard a voice say, go home and pray now. And it, it so shocked me. Then I took all the items that I had in my hand and I just put them on a shelf, a random shelf. And I stormed out of that, that store, went home, and I got on my face before God. And I said, okay, God, I'm reporting for duty. And I didn't know how to pray in English. I didn't know what I was praying for. I just had this unction to pray. And I began to pray in the Spirit. And there was just like this intense like almost turmoil and groaning. And, and I'm praying and I'm pleading before God and, and claiming life and, and coming against the spirit of death. And I'm thinking, Lord, what is this? What am I praying for? Who am I praying for? And, and suddenly the Lord just like pulled back a veil. And, and I saw the scene of my brother who at that time, my older brother was driving out to Idaho to visit us. My uh, older brother was uh, in, enlisted in the Air Force, and so I was living out there with him at the time, and so my other brother was on his way to Idaho to visit us. And what I saw, I saw this image of him behind the wheel, falling asleep in the vehicle, going off the road and getting in an accident. And, but then there was peace and joy that came over me, and I felt that he's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. And so about 2 o'clock the next day, Sunday afternoon, my brother pulls into our driveway, and we greet him. My brother, older brother Mike and I, we greet him. We say our hellos and everything. He comes into the place. He sits down, and we start talking. And, and then I said to my brother Mark, uh, which... Uh, is Ryan's dad and Craig's dad and Kara's dad uh, that are part of the church here. And I said, did anything unusual happen last night between 6.30 and 7 o'clock? 
And he said, now that you mentioned it, yeah. Yeah. I said, well, tell me, what happened? He said, I was driving uh, through North Dakota, and, and I was getting to the, you know, I was like in the middle of the state, and I'm driving, and I was determined there's no place to stop here. There's no rest stops. But I was so tired. I had the windows down. I had the radio blaring, and I was falling asleep, and I would shake myself. And, and I said, well, why don't you just pull over? He says, well, there's, it's just, you know, there's nothing out there. He said, I was determined to drive straight through. I said, well, that was kind of foolish. I said, so then what happened? And then he said, all of a sudden, from the top of my head, I felt something rest on my head. And it went through my whole body. And every bit of fatigue, every bit of tiredness left me. I was wide awake, completely alert. And then he said, in, in his natural mind, he thought, wow, a second wind. And he said, and I drove straight through to arrive at this time to be with you right now. You know, and I'm thinking, wow. And I said, Mark, you know what happened last night about that same time? And I told him the story, and his head was less, like, in shock. At that time, he wasn't a follower of Christ. And my older brother and I were witnessing to him, trying to share the gospel with him, and, and he would continue to reject it. Well, that Wednesday of that week, that was Sunday, Wednesday of that next week, he went to uh, Mount Home Assembly of God Church uh, with my brother and I. We went there, and at the end of the service, he responded to the altar call, went forward, and gave his life to Christ. And he had such a radical encounter with Jesus. He left a changed man. And, you know, I, I think about that God interrupted me. Jesus interrupted me to pray for my brother who could have been injured severely or killed because of going off the road. But God spared his life because he knew that he would give his heart to Christ. And um, my Niece and nephews wouldn't be here if that narrative would have been different, if that story would have entered, uh, ended different. So know that God can change a destiny when we're open to him interrupting us. So be willing to let it interrupt you. So let's, let's take a look at this. And we um, have to get into this uh, woman at the well story here. Okay. Uh, let's look at John chapter 4, verses, starting at verse 3. And now, just to tell you a little bit narrative about this story, Jesus interrupted a Samaritan woman um, when she went to get water from the well. And this resulted in an entire village uh, inviting Jesus to spend several days with them where he was able to present the gospel to them, where they had revival, got saved. But uh, in verse 3 of John 4, it said, He left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, 
was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour, which is not the normal time of day for women to gather water. Normally, this was a community event. All the women would get together. Let's get water from the well. That's when they caught up on all the gossip of the day and you know just had their interaction. And, um, but she came at a different time. So Jesus interrupted her by making a request. Um, actually, it, it goes on to say, the Samaritan woman, uh, verse, let's look at verse 8. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. I, I need to actually back up. I'm, I'm, I'm skipping a couple of important verses here. But let's start at verse 7 here. Verse 7, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. So Jesus interrupts this woman. Verse 8, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. So she knew the prejudice. She knew the animosity the Jews had for Samaritans. But in, in verse 10, Jesus responded. He answered her, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? So this kind of enticed her. She said, I want this living water. Verse 12, Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock. Then notice verse 13, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Verse 15, the woman responds, the woman said to him, so give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Now, she's probably thinking in the natural, but there's a spiritual encounter that she's about to have. Then Jesus, in, in verse 16, said to her, Go call your husband and come here. Uh-oh, this is where the story really gets kind of interesting. Verse 17, the woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You're right. <laughs> In saying, I have no husband. Verse 18, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. So, you know, the woman was sincere and honest, but uh, basically Jesus talked to her about her life. Now, can you imagine somebody just showing up, interrupting you, and then knows everything about you? Like, I just met this guy. How does he know this? Well, Jesus knew it because he's Jesus, right? Jesus knows everything about you. You can't hide anything from him. And uh, now realize that this woman was an outcast and was looked down even by her own people, by the Samaritans, let alone the Jews. And this is evidenced by the fact that she came at a different time to draw water. Um, Yet Jesus was unfazed by her sin. And in verse 19, it's interesting, at this moment, 
the woman at the well tries to change the subject, okay? <laughs> Which is interesting. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. And then our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is, is the place where people ought to worship. And notice she tries to change the subject here. She says, okay, what about worship, Lord? <laughs> you know, where are we supposed to worship? And, um, uh, but then Jesus uh, said to her in, in verse 21, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming. And is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And that's what God's looking for. He's looking for true worshipers even in this moment. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ, when he comes, he will tell us all things. And then Jesus drops the big line. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. In that moment, Jesus revealed himself as Messiah to this woman, the Samaritan woman, who was considered a reject, who was considered an outcast. Jesus came specifically and interrupted her. And I think what a beautiful story. He didn't go to some great person the kings and those in authority, he went to the one that society had rejected. Uh, Jesus then begins to talk about the harvest, and then the disciples uh, show up a little bit later. But we'll just read, finish this narrative here. In John 4, 39 through 42, it says, Many Samaritans from that town believed him because of the woman's testimony. She went back and told the community. Even though she's an outcast, she told the community, come and see this one. This is the Messiah. Verse 40, so when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you have said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, And we know that this indeed is the Savior of the world. So looking beneath the surface of this, the story of the woman at the well tells us that God loves us in spite of our bankrupt lives. That God values us enough to interrupt us in our life journey, our daily journey. And so I, I want to give four very quick observations that we can make from this story. The first one is the Samaritan woman scheduled her day to avoid her deepest pain. She scheduled her day to avoid her deepest pain. Yet Jesus still met her and interrupted her. And the second thing we can observe is she was willing to allow Jesus to interrupt her in her daily routine. She didn't run away or attempt to avoid him. And depending where you are at, don't run away, don't avoid him if, if he's drawing you in today. And then number three, she received his message and believed. She received his message and believed. And the fourth one, and I love this, and the worship team can come up at this time, she responded by going to tell others. 
She couldn't contain what she'd experienced. She couldn't contain the peace she received from Jesus. And, 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 and John 4, we saw in verse 28 and 29, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And they went out of the town and were coming to him. So others came to Christ because of this woman's encounter with Jesus. See, divine interruptions are when God interrupts your plans. Let him interrupt you. Again, <coughs> interruptions come at unexpected moments. Interruptions are unplanned and unpredictable. And most importantly, there is an opportunity in every interruption. So we need to recognize the opportunity in the interruption. Redemption, and at this time as we prepare to close, understand that redemption is a story of divine interruption. As the God of all creation steps into the history to completely change our direction, our desires, and our destiny. Just as he did for the woman at the well. So what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you from this message this morning? What is he speaking to you? How is he dealing with you? It's going to vary from different ones here today. But the invitation today is to come and to drink of the living water. No person can come to Jesus till there's a conviction that you've sinned against God. We're convicted as sinners who need a Savior. I want to extend an invitation to you here this morning. Maybe you've come here today. Maybe you've tuned in online. But you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And maybe when Jesus first interrupts you, you might not, might not recognize that it's Jesus. But then he reveals himself as the one who gives us living water, which represents eternal life, that spring of water that gives us something that sustains life. We understand in these last days we're surrounded by godliness or uh, godlessness, I should say. But also the godly among us that are living as true witnesses and ambassadors for Jesus. But godly, godlessness is prevailing in our day. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, it starts off by saying, but understand this, that in the last days, there will be times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure, sinful pleasure rather than lovers of God. This 
depicts the world around us today in its present state. But you don't have to be a part of that. I extend an invitation for you to make your peace with God, to come to Him and receive the living water, to be cleansed from your sin and to be made right with God, which is a gift that He brings. Salvation, eternal life is a gift we receive, not something we work for, earn, for, earn or even deserve, but it's a gift that we freely receive when we believe. I want you to stand up together and, and I'm going to lead you in what I call a believer's prayer. And this would be for those that would say, Pastor, would you pray for me today? And maybe you're at a place where you say, Pastor, I know my life is not right with God and I'm ready today to commit myself to Him. I'm ready today to let Jesus interrupt me. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, nobody moving around, if you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus, to make my peace with Him. Maybe you've walked with God, but you've strayed, and now you want to return and recommit your life to Christ. If that's you, slip your hand up. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone today that would like to pray to be made right with God, to receive His forgiveness, to receive His mercy, Pray this prayer after me, and everyone can pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you. I'm willing to let Jesus interrupt me. He truly knows the condition of my heart. Nothing is hidden from you. I'm a sinner in, in need of a Savior. So I come to you, Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. I repent. I turn my life to you. I give my heart to you. Forgive me, Jesus. And make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, I thank you for moving by your spirit in this service for those that may have prayed that prayer for the first time that they would receive that living water that springs up into eternal life let them experience and encounter your presence just as the woman at the well with such joy and excitement she told the city nothing could hold her back Father let revival break out in our city Father, we ask that you interrupt us in our daily routine and help us to recognize the opportunities that you desire to bring. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Refuge Official Podcast today. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day.